0: Welcome inside the TRN Dojo and our roundtable review of season two of the YouTube series Cobra Kai and the continuation of the Karate Kid Saga. We are glad you joined us, and it doesn't matter if you're a loser or a nerd or a freak. All that matters is that you are listening to this podcast and you have just become badass. Uh, (laughs) I've got uh, two guests with me tonight. This is Jason. I'll be kind of hosting your way through. You can call me the sensei if you guys want to. Our first guest strikes first, strikes hard, shows no mercy. Mickey, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited.
0: I'm very excited for this. Uh, been uh, stirring for a while and, gosh, can't wait to get into the show. And uh, our other guest tonight is making his debut on the Retro Network, and he doesn't rely on any of that crane crap.
2: It is Gary. How are you, Gary? I'm doing good, and I only use my podcasting for defensive purposes. (laughs) Okay,
1: okay.
2: (laughs) We got that out of the
1: way. Yeah, because most of my podcasts I do are very offensive.
0: So So we got the, uh, the yin and yang of podcasting tonight on the line. All right, well, just before we get started into Cobra Kai, we like to say, if you haven't seen the show, we are going to spoil it. Uh, I like to tell you we're gonna spoil the crap out of it, so turn the podcast off. Go watch season one, season two, and don't blame us if we, you know, if you hear something and you haven't watched the show. So go watch the show. It's a great show. Uh, season one. Now we this started last year. It was uh, like 34 years after the events of the original Karate Kid movie. And it picks up in real time with Johnny still living kind of in the shadow of defeat to Daniel. And the lives of them two have now taken, kind of put in entirely different directions. And Johnny is seeking a path to personal redemption. It had a great reception. It came right out of uh, YouTube, really hot. 5.4 million streamed the first episode of season one on launch day. That's pretty incredible. And it was despite, you know, being on the YouTube Red premium service. And we'll get into uh, our, you know, our kind of takes here in just a minute. But, uh, yeah, it was on the premium service. that outperformed other shows that had been released about that same time, Lost in Space on Netflix. Uh, And also they had released some new episodes of Arrested Development that show The Handmaiden's Tale on Hulu. They were all kind of put in the dust and so far it's got over 75 million views to date. If you go and look up the, the views on YouTube and Rotten Tomatoes, you know, we kind of look to that now as the, uh, the standard of, of good or bad. It's a hundred percent fresh, 96% audience score. That's pretty incredible. So I'm going to throw this over to Mick first. When did you first get into the show? Did you, were you there at the launch date or have you
1: got it more kind of recently? No. I want to say launch date. It was the first week that it was available. I don't know about the first day, but uh, I don't remember how I first learned that it was coming on. I guess i just seen a trailer for it. But from the moment I saw the trailer, I was super stoked for it because, you know, The Karate Kid is one of my favorite 80s movies. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Man, I purposely signed up for the YouTube Red just to watch Cobra Kai when it came on.
2: What about you, Gary? Yeah, I was the same way. It was launch day, and I signed up for the free trial and watched, uh, binge watched the whole series the first day. That was one of the 5.4 million. Oh, wow,
0: the first day.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> it is a, a long
0: night. <laughs> it's still, I mean, it's a half hour episode or 22 minutes, or whatever. So I can see that happening. Uh, I wasn't quite there. I, I probably watched the whole show within the first week, and I was doing you know two episodes at a time. And I was there too. I was it's free trial. And once the free trial was over, that's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've I've got rid of that as, as quick as I got it. But yeah, just uh, just give me your overall thoughts, I guess. Uh, expectations coming in. I mean, you know, I was with like Mick. Credit Kid is one of my favorite movies of all time, let alone the 80s. And it's one that I refuse to watch the reboot. It's it's that kind of precious to me. So let's start with Gary. What was your kind of impressions watching the the first season and your kind of overall thoughts?
2: Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Karate uh, Kid, like you guys, one of my favorite movies. I did, however, watch the reboot, which everyone should avoid. But the <laughs> the Cobra Kai season one was that it hit all the boxes for you know the retro theme bringing back the characters um kind of the plot line it kind of flipped it a little bit where Daniel was kind of the not really the bad guy, but he was more of the arrogant jerk than and Johnny was kind of the uh, i guess the one being bullied or at least the the lower class one in this season or this uh series so I thought it was a great I thought it was a great series the
1: first season. What about you, Mick? I thought the best thing they'd done in that first season was just what Gary mentioned, kind of the role reversal. And they didn't go over the top with it. It just circumstances in life. Daniel's been successful, and, of course, he's got a little swagger about him, especially when it comes to Johnny. And Johnny down on his luck, much like Daniel was at the beginning of the first movie. It was just fantastic how they, I won't even say seamlessly, just transitioned those characters to where you're watching the series, and Johnny is the sympathetic character and daniel's a character that folks like myself have a hard time identifying with because i've not lived that life he lives now i've lived the life he lived in the movie Mm -hmm. and it you know he's living what i would call a storybook fairy tale life that come from nothing and and made something for himself and just all the callbacks the easter eggs to the original movie and not just the movie but to the 80s in general it was just so well done You know, I was looking forward to the series in general because it was Karate Kid, but I certainly didn't expect how great of a job they did capturing the full essence of the movie plus making it totally new at the same time. It was great. Yeah, and the uh, Johnny in
2: this in season one and season two, he lives uh, in you know a little slummy apartment in Reseda, which is where Daniel and his mom moved into at the in the movie Karate Kid, and they all looked out on. Daniel for living in Reseda. That's right. Yeah,
0: I was, uh, again, holding the the movie really high and going through a season of, you know, seeing memes where, oh, hey, Daniel is now older than Mr. Miyagi was in the original movie. And then you're like, oh, no. Uh, You know, are they going to live up to the acting skills? Everything. Because, you know, what have those two guys been doing over the last 35 years? Ralph Macchio a little bit more than Uh, Zabka, I mean, he was he was, uh, he had some movies too back in the day, but it's not like they were huge stars and they've had this long acting career, and I was blown away too, I mean, how many reboots have been out there that you've watched and just been so disappointed in, can't capture the essence of the original and, like you said, Mick boom, episode one, you're like right back in the thick of it and how great is it how they interweave the the clips from the original movies in there. Mm-hmm. And one of the scenes that just comes to mind is just looking back on uh, Mr. Miyagi and when he's at the graveside and flipping back and forth between scenes that you remember. It's almost like a, a recap <laughs> you're getting in the middle of the TV series of because I didn't watch the first three movies going in and how they interweave it in there was just fantastic i've never seen a show do that before and for being a 30 plus year later story it just worked perfectly i thought to bring that in what what are some of the other like scenes uh, moments from season one that just kind of stuck with you uh anybody
1: well the one that got me really hooked on it And it was from the trailer is from the first episode where Johnny's leaning on his car and those kids are picking on Miguel and they mouth off to Johnny after they hit his car and Johnny just roundhouse kicks that dude right in the face. Even even (laughs) though the kid wasn't 18 and, uh, and then following that up when he told Miguel that he was going to teach him a form of karate that his pansy ass generation desperately needed. And I looked (laughs) around at, well, I look around at the world today and He's right. There, there is a lot of kids out there. I mean, not necessarily the John Kreese Cobra Kai, but they need a little toughening up. And my oldest daughter is in Taekwondo. And that, that was a great thing this series got right, too, is not only was it great for those of us who remember the movies, it was very accessible to a whole new generation. It has our story that we connect with, but at the same time, they created a whole new story for people who had no clue what Karate Kid was, and she was one of them who got into the student's aspect where she's in Taekwondo, and she agreed with Johnny that, yeah, there's a lot of people these days that need a little uh, education (laughs) like that, that he was dishing out. (laughs) So that was probably from the first season. That whole sequence is probably my favorite part of the whole show.
2: Yeah, I think Johnny the in the first season, he's the guy that just speaks it how it how it needs to be spoken and doesn't, you know, he doesn't he's not politically correct. He's not correct on anything, and uh it just kind of resonates, I think, with the audience.
0: Yeah. We'll dive into that a little bit later. Uh <laughs> some of it's a bit ridiculous, but at the same yeah. time, it's hilarious how much he's out of touch with the modern day, you know. And yeah. I, I can see somebody taking a deep dive like that and Disconnecting themselves from society so much that you, you have no idea what a smartphone is. But I, I, I don't know. There's some things too that I'm like, okay, everybody's got a phone nowadays, and <laughs> the fact that you don't have one is a little ridiculous. But you know,
1: time. minus those flaws with the cell phone part, I, I get where you're saying. But the rest of his attitude, though, I mean, he's a lot like we are, or at least a lot like I am. I mean, I'd rather have an 88 Camaro Z28 than anything on the road today. I'd rather listen to Foreigner and Guns N' Roses than this stuff kids listen to today. I mean, we're in the same vein as Johnny. (laughs) We we don't want to leave it behind. It was better. Why do we want to leave it?
0: Very throwback. Yeah. A couple of scenes that just stuck out to me. One is the scene where, well, I don't know how many Episodes in it was But you just get this impression of Daniel As this stuck up asshole And he finally Kind of lets loose a little bit When (laughs) I don't know if it was before or after the uh, The billboard routine But when he gets over to the other Car dealership And he's got the bonsai plants And they've got those whatever drinks That they had (laughs) And he roundhouse kicks that thing right out of his hand Onto the hood of that car that drink and it just explodes everywhere and he just walks off and he gives you that smile and you're like oh yeah he still has it man <laughs> <laughs> that was a great scene and then the other one that just i probably had a perpetual smile for about 30 minutes is after you know johnny's car gets hit and he goes back to the dealership and daniel offers him to you know to, to get a car well and johnny wants to take one for a test drive. I, it might have been the Challenger at the time. And they're in the car and they're taking their little test drive and it's kind of silent and the radio's going. And then they hear that ARIO Speedwagon song and they just, that's a good song. Oh, yeah, great song. And they're, <laughs> it's almost like a connection moment there, even though they're on total opposite sides of the spectrum. And their, you know, worldview is totally different. They can connect on an REO song in the car. And I just smiled for the longest time. I remember watching that episode of my wife going, what? You know, what are you, what's so funny? Or what's, you know, what are you smiling about? That scene was just great. The way they brought that together. Um, anything else you want to talk about from season one? How about the uh, little surprise twist there at the end, bringing Crease
1: back? Loved it because you. I loved it because you knew that. Okay, we're definitely getting a season two, and we're continuing on with blending the old with the new, just bringing Crease in. It, it. It was great because it just kept me excited for the next season.
2: Yeah, it brought in a whole new dynamic after uh, Johnny was trying to kind of modernize Cobra Kai just a little bit, and then when you see Crease coming back in, you know that it's not going to go well. <laughs> Yeah,
0: that was a a nice twist at the end and then you know the wheels get turning. What else can they bring back? And they they brought back a lot uh more in season 2 beyond crease, which was great. But uh let's ju- we'll jump into season 2 now and uh YouTube removes the YouTube red restriction and all that so we can start getting these episodes for free with ads, which I thought was a great move. Mm-hmm. And yep. Mickey you, you and I have talked about that and how that's i think kind of helped youtube and and maybe some of these other streaming channels to get grow in popularity by instead of doing a pay service you you get to watch a few ads but anyway uh another great reception for season 2 it's over 50 million views compared to 75 for season 1 so it, it it's only been out for i think what back in august or september was when they originally released it uh 88% fresh On Rotten Tomatoes, so still a a very high score on that. And then after uh, getting into second season, it's basically immediately following the events of season one. We follow uh, Cobra Kai and the power struggle between Johnny and Kreese now, and it further explores the growth of Johnny's son, Robbie, and Daniel's daughter, Sam, and their relationship and the rivalry now between Miguel and his new girlfriend and Cobra Kai, Tori. So there's this, again, in season two, the way they did with season one, there's this overlying story arc with the kids and then also with Johnny and Daniel. And just your quick overall thoughts coming into season two now, and and we've all watched uh, all the episodes. How do you think it's mashed up with season one? Better or worse? The same? Gary, let's
2: start with you. Yeah, I thought season one was better. Season two was only just a little bit less better, <laughs> however you want to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a good job with Kreese, bringing Kreese back, the dynamic between him and Johnny, and then the dynamic between the three of them and Daniel when he opens up Miyagi-Do, and then this constant war between the students of the two different dojos. And it's kind of like the two – it'd be like if you had the two football quarterbacks from you know the high school – and they're still trying to relive their old days and one lost and one won. And now they're trying to, you know, 30 mm-hmm. years later, they're still hanging on to that one game so many years ago. And they can't kind of get through that. But season two, I like the new character, Tori, that they brought in and the dynamic between her and Sam. Right. Um, they had uh, it was just I thought it was I thought it was really well done. I thought the kids did a good job with all their interactions and how they, uh, you know, Hawk going from being the being bullied to being the bully and his, and especially bullying his friend and how his friend, you know, humiliates him halfway through the show. And, um, it was yeah. a good season. I don't think it was quite as good as the first one, but it was definitely a, a great season. Uh, you know, highly recommended for sure. But you, Mick,
1: I want to say it was <clears throat> for me about the same, the overall excitement level for season one for me was higher just because it's like, Holy, you know, Holy crap. It's been 30 some odd years and we're getting Cobra Kai, but, I've seen a lot of people's thoughts that season two was a, was a slight drop off from season one. And there were some little parts of the storylines that, you know, I wasn't too crazy about, but I certainly think the season two, when it's at its best, it's better than anything in season one. But I think season one was consistently at a higher level than season two was.
0: I got you. Yeah. The uh, story. Well, I mean, the story with the kids was great in season one and how, at times, it was a little, I don't know, a little too coincidental, you know, with uh, with Robbie and, and joining Daniel and how that all kind of came back around. And, you know, just with Sam and her interaction and all that and how the kids got interwoven uh, together between Johnny and and Daniel. But it's a season two that was more, a, more or less a separate thing kind of until the end. But I did enjoy it, and I thought it was... Just as good, I, I would say, as the first season.
1: I think uh, folks our age, season one, fo- where it focuses more on Johnny and Daniel, we're bigger fans of that. But season two, for like my two kids who are really into it for the second season, because of all the, the, the kids side of it, I think it depends on who you're asking which is better. My kids will tell you season two is way better than season one because it features a lot more time dedicated to the students who are their age versus you know they're watching it and they've seen the original karate kid i mean they can't live here in this house and have not seen it but they've never really paid (laughs) attention to it so they don't have that same attraction and they're not marking out over the little easter eggs like we do like miguel wearing johnny's red jacket you know i'm like oh look he's got the red jacket (laughs) that meant squat to my kids you know so they were more into it for the other half of the storyline with all the kids and i believe that question you'll get different answers depending on who you're talking to.
0: Yeah. I could see your point. Like even with, uh, when they go to that dance or what was it? Roller skating and they're continuing the story of the kids. Well, the, it's like an eighties dance or or, Mm -hmm. eighties themed. So you're getting all the, I think, I think that was the episode we got glory of love, you know, and in the background and you're like, yes. And you get all those great eighties tunes. And there was great music pretty much throughout both seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they used it. But you're right. Where It's a lot for everybody. And you can follow the kids. You can follow Daniel and Johnny. And Crease and, and that whole story arc too. And still get the same amount of enjoyment. Um, I'm, I, I hate skipping to the end. But it was just mind blowing to me. How the writers just kind of interwoven the stories. And how it it was looking like Daniel and Johnny are getting back to a point where there might be peace <laughs> between the two, you know, they have the, the dinner. I think they shake hands. Don't they maybe at the end of the dinner okay. and then all hell breaks loose at the school, you know? So it's like crease is, 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 part of that. But at the same time, the two senseis are in one direction and the kids are now totally opposite. And it just ending the series, I was like, wow. I was just blown away.
1: And that's where I I meant that the highs in season two were higher than anything in season one. That season finale, you know, that whole fight episode there, that final episode, was higher to me than anything we saw in season one. I think season two had the higher Mm -hmm. climax, the higher point of the whole series than season one did.
2: Yeah, season one was just kind of a rehash of the end of Karate Kid at the tournament. Right. Season two, it just let everything loose. and I mean, the fight scene at the school was, I think it was about 10, 12 minutes long of just fighting. It was amazing. Yeah, well, we we haven't really touched on the the martial arts side
0: of it, and I'm not huge into martial arts. My middle son was in uh, a, a little bit of that a couple years ago. It didn't last very long, but... The choreography and everything that they've done so far has just been incredible. And even just thinking about those the two kids, the, uh, the African American kid and the, the larger white kid that kind of switched dojos in the middle, and even some of the other kids that go in and kind of test the waters at uh, Miyagi Do. And are like, what, we're your slaves? We're waxing cars? What is this? And <laughs> go over to uh, Cobra Kai. And then the same thing kind of happens with, I think his name is Dimitri, the taller, like, nerdy kid who is, you know, in Cobra Kai, Hawk's friend. And then he uh, eventually <laughs> gets a little, uh, enough training to defend himself. But just even with that, the martial arts with the kids it, it, even with the adults at times have been great
2: throughout I've been training in uh, martial arts for the last twenty five years, and uh the martial arts, the choreography, in this was amazing, yeah, it was good stuff. well, then you have a lot more president than I do <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I dropped the show Gary. <laughs> Yeah, it was good yeah every i mean the moves were i mean the moves were legit, I mean so it, obviously there's you know movie movie magic in the fighting that has right. to you know come over, but uh it was well done, yeah.
0: Well, even like some of the training sequences, like when uh, Sam and Robbie are on that large round wooden thing in the middle of the pond, you know, at Miyagi-Do. And you could somewhat see that it was uh, a lot of movie magic, as you'll say, in some of those shots. But I don't know. I thought that was neat and just how they blended the Miyagi-Do and the, the, the defense and everything that we got from Mr. Miyagi and and just the, the total opposite uh style and everything from Cobra Kai is is great. I mean, you get the just in the training and, and those scenes, not just the fighting scenes,
2: but in the training scenes. Yeah, when he when he did the the balance on the wheel in the water, and then the cut scenes were over to Johnny and his kids, and they're trying to um, move that. Uh, cement truck. That's right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, one that at Miyagi-Do is kind of like a skill based, you know, you got to learn balance, you got to learn how to work together. And then that cement truck one is just pure work. You're just grinding out trying to move that thing. So there wasn't a lot of skill that he was teaching them. It was just a lot of hard work that he was teaching them. Whereas at Miyagi-Do, it kind of, you know, worked on what Mr. Miyagi was teaching Daniel all those years ago with a little yep. bit of skill woven in. Yeah.
0: Let's get into some characters, maybe some uh, favorite characters or uh, uh, least favorite characters. If you want to get into that, uh, Mickey, the kids or the adults, who are you tuning in for and whose story do you think has been the most entertaining?
1: Oh, hands down, Johnny, because, uh, I told you here, I don't know, a week or so ago that we were watching the episode when, uh all of Johnny's Cobra Kai friends came back and they get in that bar fight. And my wife mm-hmm. is like, yep, that, that's you, that's you and, <laughs> and Eddie. And I'm like, what? Uh, but no, Johnny Lawrence, uh, just everything about Johnny, I kind of connect with disgusted with the world around you at times. And uh, on the, on the other side though, I'm a big uh, Miguel fan. I like Miguel's journey. He's went through and, he's a good kid and he's trying to be a good kid and he he's keeping Johnny grounded at the same time. He's like the pivot point for a lot of the animosity between the kids. And he's caught in the middle and who don't love Stingray though. My <laughs> goodness. Stingray is awesome. he <laughs> <laughs> got I some could, pretty good
0: belly laughs. Yeah, definitely.
1: I could see a world <laughs> where I joined my daughter's dojo, you know, at Taekwondo. <laughs> <laughs> And feeling good about myself because I'm throwing around these twelve-year-olds. But yeah, <laughs> oh, I got a, fun.
0: I got a huge laugh with him in the woods in that stupid when they're taking yeah. each other's yeah. headbands, and he just jumps out of the leaves, and he's all into it, you know. And when they're at the
2: party too, you know, <laughs> he's got, he's the, got like, the, the beer bottles taped to his
1: hand. Yeah. <laughs> But in that same scene where he's got his date with him and she's like, I thought we were going to see your friends. Yeah, these are my friends. (laughs) It's all
2: these kids. Right. (laughs) Yeah. There's one Easter egg when he jumps out of the the leaves in uh, the woods and they show his back. He's got a G.I. Joe Cobra patch on his back. Yes. I did notice that. I did notice that. Couldn't afford the Cobra Kai one, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: as much as I enjoyed Hawk in his whole transformation in season one and him trying to pull that off in season two and, and making light of it, you know, it's more of a humorous role I thought was great instead of trying to add more or take away from Hawk and his character, you know?
1: Yeah, I was a bit, Hawk was my favorite character in the first season though, that transformation he made. And I was a big Hawk fan, but yeah. the second season he, they went, purposely they went even farther with the, the bully attitude from him, which makes you, you're supposed to not like him. And they did a good job with that.
2: Yeah. And it set it up good for crease because crease kind of, you know, he preys on the, I guess the weaker, you know, lower self-esteem guys, which is what Hawk was as he was bullied. And then, you know, he picks him and, and teaches him that no mercy strike first kind of stuff. And, and uh, Hawk just eats it up and, and embodies it yeah,
0: how great was that episode, Mick, with the bringing all the guys back from the you know original Cobra Kai and just reading about that and just the whole story. I think it was uh, is it Rob Garrison the one that passed away? Yes. Um, reading kind of the behind the scenes stuff and being able to film that and almost be like a, a true to life sequence or episode with him. I was just really appreciative of that and and how that worked out. And, and it was funny. I mean, yeah, they're getting in bar fights and stuff. And one of them is now a pastor and he like punches somebody and (laughs) he kind of like, what am I doing? You know? And like, uh, the old Cobra Kai just somehow started flowing through the veins again. That it was just a great callback uh, sitting around the campfire and, and just, uh, Oh, it got a great feeling out of that episode and how much you, we emotionally tied to that episode and then getting back to reality and seeing, you know, what crease had done while he was gone. It was just, it was perfect, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, uh, what's some other characters, maybe
2: Gary, you want to talk about? Um, I like the introduction to Tori. I'm not sure where she came from. I might've missed that in the first episode or something, but I liked how her and, uh, you know, she kind of hooks up with Miguel. It, it made just for a good dynamic between Sam and Robbie. And then mm-hmm. Tori and Miguel with the you know the love triangle or whatever you want to call it between the three of them, and uh, you know she's kind of the reason for the whole fight at the end. She just wouldn't let it go, and <laughs> she got on That's the right. microphone and and started the whole thing. So even with Crease's influence, I'm not sure that fight would have uh, escalated as much if she hadn't had the, I guess the hatred that she had.
1: Well, yeah, because Robbie and Miguel are both running to, to stop whatever's about to happen. So yeah, she really escalated that fight. And then, uh, when they got involved, there you go. The rumble yeah. is on at that point. Yeah.
2: Temper started to flare. And then even at the end, you see Miguel have, you know, he shows mercy and then Robbie was just in the heat of the moment kind of thing. You know, he just blinded by rage.
0: Yeah. It just, it's a, another flip of the script where everything's defensive of Miyagi-Do and Daniel even questions his methods at some points. Uh, am I teaching the right thing? Is this uh, still good? Uh, he's going through that point where there's nobody showing up and it's just Robbie and Sam that he's training. And he's like, Oh, eventually they'll get here and he gets to that point. But still that twist right there of Robbie being the aggressor and kicking Miguel over the side at the end was just crazy, crazy.
1: Well, the, the writing of this whole series is fantastic and how they interweave and, and you've got Miguel, the good kid and, and Robbie, the, I guess, bad kid who saw the light. And you got Tori's a bad kid and Sam's a good kid. And the way they just interweave and all their interactions, it's just fantastic how they wrote mm-hmm. that. And I don't believe Robbie, purposely knock miguel over the railing but you know he he certainly wanted to land a strike and he did and and that's what resulted in the end but you can tell miguel is such a good kid that he takes everything johnny says to heart and he takes the lessons and and reflecting on the mercy and he shows mercy he's in total control of that fight in his mind it's over it's yeah the writing is just great
0: and they build a lot of gray area. So, you know, at first Robbie's bad, and then he's good, and now he's kicking people over railings. And Miguel has—he's in that gray area too. Of does he have good intentions? Is can you blame it all on the training, or is there some kind of mean streak in him too? So, just the way that that whole worked out at the end, and and uh, you know, even with Johnny. I feel bad for Johnny, too, man He just wants to have a good time, and he you know he finds that babe at the bar and then he he wants to hook up with Miguel's mom, so he kind of leaves her in the dust, and then they finally have their dinner, but yet it's a double date with Daniel on them and then at the end, when you know the whole thing happens with Miguel, she's like, Get out of my sight so wow <laughs> the it's just, it's some an emotional roller coaster for some of these characters and just the way that that's all written and you can tell that they're just it's just a love letter to the karate kid you know mm-hmm. they, they've probably watched it as many times as we have and it's Watch it's good there. well <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have those people in place as showrunners in these kinds of shows versus oh hey let's bring this back and uh we'll get this person that did this karate movie you know 5 years ago that was popular and, and pull them in you know, I mean, you can tell that it was these guys and they were probably fighting to get this show aired.
1: You know, Right. And, you know, a lot of times you'll watch a remake of a property that you like, just what you're saying. You're like, I don't know. Halfway through the first season, I just totally let myself go because I could already tell, OK, these guys are they're taking good care of this property. Take me on the ride you want me to take me on. I trust you. And they built that trust through the first part of the first season. And now, like going forward, even. Season three, maybe season four, however long this goes, I'm trusting what they want to do because they've they've done right by the characters, they've done right by the story and the property, and where they take it, I'm willing to follow at this point.
2: Yeah, and the showrunners they said uh, they have mapped out six seasons of this show. So oh, yeah, it's wow. A six, wow. Yeah, so hopefully YouTube will let it keep going.
0: Yeah, I have read that. Didn't they work out a deal maybe with Amazon at some point to start they streaming did. it over there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. It, you might start seeing seasons if uh, all these people are pulling away from YouTube recently. Well, you you
1: know? know, YouTube pays for the rights for it. It's, right. it's produced separately. So if something happens there, much like Netflix has a history of picking up discontinued shows and sure. continuing them on, hopefully if the worst were to happen and this were to get dropped for some reason or another, that it would quickly find a new home and keep going if they have that much of a story to tell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, characters you want to... Did you guys notice that uh, Tootie was in there from mm-hmm. Facts of Life?
1: <laughs> <Sure did.
0: laughs> as Aish, Aisha's mother. Yeah, oh, really? I, I that picked a nice set. That. <laughs> yeah. Kim Fields. Very nice uh, touch. <laughs> it's fun to bring some of those people back like that. Uh,
2: anything else in your notes uh, as far as Season 2 goes you want to bring up? I don't think so. I think the training, when the, the difference in the training again is, you know, when they went for the headbutt training... And they're they're like actually headbutting each other. <laughs> that works for like two times, and then that training is over for the week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I could tell after the episode where Bobby and everybody came back, and Crease was cleaning up the office and he's doing the stuff with the paperwork. I told my wife then. I said that while Johnny was gone, Crease has done something that'll come out later this season or next season, where he takes control of Cobra Kai legally and that's what we've seen at the end of that second season to give this third season yet another dynamic of, will we see three dojos now creases you know, right. Cobra Kai and Miyagi Do, which I it depends on, I'm sure early in the season we won't see Miyagi Do. I'm sure Daniel will abandon everything because of what's happened, but I just wonder, uh, well, of course I think we're about to get to that. I'll save the rest of that thought. Do you lead us on Spartacus? <laughs> okay.
0: okay. Uh, anything else for you, Gary? Um, no. Go ahead. Okay. Well, we'll keep moving on. Uh, I just uh, wrote down in the notes a quick note. We did mention, and I've just enjoyed the the score itself, and then just the interjection of all of the '80s tracks that we love. And I think it was the f- it might have been the final episode or the next to last episode where we get the original version of "Cruel Summer" mm-hmm. played. And then we get this like modern cover, very uh, melancholy version of the of cruel summer. I thought that was great. How they are taking '80s tracks that you know are going to appeal to us, and then now they're they're throwing in the covers of those songs to almost give it that. Hey, we're in the present time, but yet they're nodding to you know the past as well. So I just I've just loved the music throughout.
1: Yeah, that's another thing. They scored this whole series so, so well. And that new version of Cruel Summer was by Carrie Kimmel, written and well composed, put together just for Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. Great use of it because the episode starts when the kids go back to school with the original version of Cruel Summer, like you said. And then we end during the sad part of that finale with that slower version. Very well done. right.
2: Uh, yeah, I think the best for the '80s music is Johnny's dream sequence, where it's a rock music video <laughs> with Carmen's yeah. mom. It's a total '80s video. Oh my, video. <laughs> oh
0: my a... gosh, that was just so great! Yeah. Wow, <laughs> it was. I mean, it was just like you. I don't it was know. Like a, it was like you a turned Lights on MTV. Video. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> she's pouring <laughs> beer on herself, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: that was so great. Oh my gosh. I just I forgot about that. Until you mentioned it. And yeah. yeah. Wow. That again, perfect choice for that song. Uh, going back to school and Johnny asking uh, <laughs> Robbie for, do you got a trapper keeper? Yeah. Uh, what's right. that? What's that? <laughs> you know? See that stuff I can buy. I can yeah. buy <laughs> references like that, but. A guy who was installing TVs not knowing how to use a smartphone. That's a little
1: stretch for me. You know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. They of, course, certainly, they
1: amped of course, they did the, install uh, it on the wrong wall, though. So, that's I mean, well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> they
2: amped up his uh, um, lack of knowledge of technology. I mean, he has a, a laptop that was running Windows 95 on it. <laughs> i <Like, I'm> surprised <laughs> it had Wi-Fi radio in it. <laughs> like a dial-up modem would have been more like it. Yeah. Put one yeah, of those they, hash browns on it. Yeah, yeah, I love that hash brown. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the kind of stuff
0: that's great. Because yeah, yeah, he has no clue the you know the kids uh, and all the modern tech. But yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> See, was crazy. they brought the mom back too, or the the person that he was installing that TV for when he yeah, was going was through classic. all those. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like it's a dating yeah, yeah, that was great.
1: You crazy. know, I say stuff like the hash brown line these days to these 19 year olds that have working for me, but I do it on purpose and they think <laughs> that I'm like Johnny on there. It's like, what is this, <laughs> this problem?
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump on. We, you know, we ended with that huge fight at the end of season two. We get a, <laughs> we get a friend request from Allie. Yes. To Johnny on his phone, which I'm excited about. Uh, and then we get, oh, as, as much as Mick and I loved uh, <laughs> Doobie's taxiola and, and planes, trains, and off <laughs> how much do we love that challenger, man? And he just tosses oh, the
2: keys He let in it go. And, yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. Um, he just yeah. tosses the key in at the end, and, and that's where we, we're left for season three. So season three is actually, I read, is already done. Uh, just a tweet. I think it was maybe two days ago from uh, Ralph Macchio said that they have wrapped on season three, or at least his part is wrapped. So season three is in the works, uh, in the bank, and I don't know if they've released uh, when it's going to be available, probably sometime in the spring of uh, next year. But any uh, any predictions
2: or wants you uh, are looking for for season three, uh, Gary? Um, well, we'll have to go through at Miguel's recovery and see how he does, how long they'll put on, or, you know, Go through his recovery or we'll go right in. He's walking again or not walking. Um, I kind of can see with Crease running the Cobra Kai now, Johnny and Ralph or Daniel, I guess, coming together to form their own kind of mesh of a Miyagi-Do Cobra Kai type dojo. They connected a little bit at the restaurant. And then, you know, like you said, it all fell apart. But I think it, at some in some universe, those two could be friends. I don't know if it'll be season three universe, but I think they could be. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, I think those two coming together is the ultimate end point for the series. I really believe that's what we'll see where they have a, a dojo together where Daniel teaches and influences the attitude and Johnny teaches the technique, you know, because the Cobra Kai actual fighting technique always would blow away. Miyagi Do. But it was that attitude of Miyagi Do that always won out in the end. So I think that's where we're ultimately going. But it'd be hard to fathom Miguel coming back from that injury in this season to at least at least to be fighting anyway. Yeah. So I'm not sure who they they really focus on on the kids' side. But Robbie, of course, and, and maybe he he becomes Johnny's lone student for now. The crease dojo will certainly factor in a lot i had read before they started season three that it was going to be set in okinawa going back to the second movie i don't buy that there may be an episode or two set in okinawa where daniel maybe has to touch base with inner daniel or something after everything has happened or get away him and the family i don't see the whole season being set there but i really it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure how exactly they go about this season with the way they left off season two. I'm really excited to see how they do it. Mm-hmm. But if I was writing it, I'm not sure where you go in the early episodes of the next season from here. I really don't. That's It's got me excited to see what they do. I'm kind
0: of leaning towards your initial thoughts on Daniel, uh, Mick, where he does – kind of take that back seat. And that opens up the reconciliation between Robbie and Johnny. And I think that's where maybe Robbie steps in to that role while Miguel is hurt or out or, you know, kind of not able to fight, but yet I'm, I'm sure Johnny's going to try to reconcile too with his mom and, and, and with himself. And it, it might be where we get another tournament where you've got a, crease and everybody moving forward with Cobra Kai in the tournament and then you've got Robbie fighting under Johnny you know as that kind (laughs) of you know lone or or solo entry into the tournament something like that I can see that happening I don't know I I think it would be fun I think that's probably where they're going to go and then if you take Robbie away and and put him back under Johnny and, and maybe he is forced down that path of under Cobra Kai and that separates him and Sam. So you got that whole story arc there where they're pretty much boyfriend, girlfriend, and that whole split. And maybe she's goes back to Miguel or something. So I can see where that can kind of tie into all of the, the story that they've been building for the the kids as well. But yeah, I'm like you, I there's so many different directions. I'm not sure what they're going to do with Elizabeth shoe. If she is actually on board and, gonna appear in season three i haven't really read ahead too much to see well i had
1: read earlier about when the okinawa thing that she was a full featured member of this third season or was going to be okay Uh, i almost wonder if you know daniel is married so that's not a thing but uh maybe if her and johnny reconnect and she helps johnny maybe rebuild his confidence and like you know what happened is not your fault johnny type thing and Uh uh-huh Good storytelling would also tell you that a great villain like Crease, you shouldn't wrap him up in this coming season. He should be the season long bad guy that actually rolls into the fourth season before he gets his comeuppance. So I almost imagine that, that John Crease's lead led Cobra Cobb will be a big deal this whole Mm -hmm. season. And I almost wonder, uh, Whatever the Terry guy's name was from season three, <laughs> who bankrolled him. I mean, maybe Terry Silver.
0: Yeah. Terry
1: Silver. I wonder if we, whether we see him or not. If we, if we get like phone calls with him and Crease, and maybe he's bankrolling this thing again or something. And that'd be a nice little Easter egg for him to be on the phone with Terry. All right, thanks, Terry. See you later, type deal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing I kind of disagreed with in season two when. Daniel told the students that he had joined Cobra Kai at one point. And I was like, he didn't really join Cobra Kai. He was misled more or less. And then the big, there was the big reveal at the end that, Hey, you're learning from the bad guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they kind of, I don't know. They, they used a little bit of uh, creative license there, I guess. In, in that part of that, but I bringing in, uh, I, I'm a, always been a more of a Karate Kid Three guy than a Karate Kid Two. I've, yeah. I've enjoyed the Part Three a lot better, even though a lot of people think it's a lot more cheesy and everything. But I, I like Part Three. So any part of that coming back, if they can get Terry Silver back in somehow, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> There's not too many people they uh, they have left really. You know, they've used all the all the kids from Cobra Kai. They're bringing back Elizabeth Shue. Uh They've got Daniel's mom in there. Uh, on a couple episodes, which has been great. She's been funny. There's not really too many people you can bring back. You know, some of the uh, the characters from Part Two. The uh...
1: well, they could bring the girl back from the next Karate Kid. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> Hilary Swank.
2: No, 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 Please yeah. God, no, no yeah, Hilary Swank. Yeah. I have to bring Sato back from Okinawa.
1: Yeah. Right, oh right, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was great too. How great was that? Uh, little uh.
0: When they're doing the thing at the fair and he's going to chop the ice you know, like he did. (laughs) That was great. And then they come in and just overwhelm him with the
2: the Cobra Kai routine. See the ice melting away.
0: Yeah, that was great at the end. You see that last little bit just melting. Oh, Uh, gosh. Very well done. (laughs) All right. Anything else you want to leave? Uh, I think we covered it pretty well as far as uh, character story and, and our expectations for upcoming seasons so
1: anything else you guys want to leave well i'll just say this uh we all liked the way they brought Tori in and that character and raymond and stingray there may not be a lot of old characters they can bring back but they're doing such a great job of introducing new characters to the canon i you know like i said i put my full trust and faith in these showrunners because they've not let us down yet so whatever they want to throw at me i'm willing to try
2: Yeah, I agree. The first two seasons kind of held true to the the spirit of the movies, and then the new characters are bringing in Stingray. is amazing. He's you know he's just he's the comic relief for sure. You know, and uh, if they bring in more kids or even more characters like Stingray, I think the third season will be good.
0: Yeah, even if we don't get Miguel, then you definitely know if if not an existing character takes over his spot, that they'll be bringing in more. And if there are rival dojos in Cobra Kai, you know they'll be adding more to Johnny. So. Yeah. yeah, they've done a great I, job. The great cast, too. I a few times I've been like, okay, step up the acting a little bit there, kids. But <laughs> and that was mainly in season one. That was, like, early on in season one. But season two, I had no issues with the acting at all. And I thought those, those new elements, the new characters, did a really great job. Yeah. Yep okay well uh we're going to uh close the dojo for now uh thank you guys for joining me tonight you can find mick online at yesterdayville gary what's your uh tag on twitter twitter is at mile high samurai mile high samurai
1: that's right yeah see what he done there we yeah, yeah. <laughs> man we got the right Pretty original
2: <laughs> we got the right person to be a guest on the show for sure I'm even wearing my Miyagi-Do t-shirt, which no one can see. It's like the radio guy's doing a visual stunt. (laughs) But I got it on. (laughs) Excellent.
0: Well, uh, glad you joined us, Gary. Hope you'll uh, do it again in the future.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: And don't forget, we are at TRN Social for our main page. And, of course, we can hear this podcast just about anywhere you can get them. And uh, we will be back. I would pretty much guarantee it after uh, Season 3 drops. And we'll continue reviewing Cobra Kai and see how the story progresses. So for Mick and for Gary, this is Jason. Thanks for listening to our round table review of Cobra Kai season two.